Hi, my name is Renee Clark, your host, and welcome to the Good Trouble Think Tank podcast, the show where we honor the life and legacy of Congressman John Lewis and where we get into good trouble. You will meet members of the Good Trouble Think Tank, learn about the legislative process, meet local politicians, and hear from members of the community. Today, we have a special guest, Ms. Monica Roebuck. She's an active member of her community and a candidate running for delegate in the 2022 primary election. Let me share a few highlights about our beautiful guest. She's been a resident of District 23 for 21 years, a graduate of Howard University and Bowie State University. She was instrumental in the budget approval of a $577 million settlement for Maryland HBCUs, a certified and highly qualified educator for 22 years. She served on the Prince George County Board of Elections and President and CEO of Community Solutions and Consulting Services. I am a native resident of Prince George's County. Prince George's County is located in Maryland. And when they talk about the most affluent African-American county, that's where where I live. I um, have been a teacher for the majority of my career. I've worked as an elementary middle school teacher. In doing that, I've seen up close and personal the inequity and resources and I have seen how much um, our students are really in need. And education now is, is really a civil rights issue. It's an issue about access and an issue where we want to make sure that our students have what they need to be successful. I began to get very active in our union. I was a union uh, rep and a building rep, and I was a voice for the teachers within the building. I advocated for their rights, and that's one of the things that I really want to focus on in my platform. Unions all over the country are dismantling, and I think that it's really important that we protect rights of workers and their wages. So that's one of the things that I've done. Um, In addition to when I attended Howard University, that was the beginning of a a lot of um, what I saw in terms of my activism. When I attended there, there was always something going on at Howard University. There was always a protest. There was always something that was going on with it being right near Washington, D.C. We always would see protests in some form or fashion. Um, And when I went to school, it was in the early 90s, I had a chance to see the apartheid movement up close and personal. At that time, it was a worldwide movement to end apartheid and bring Nelson Mandela home. He was in prison for 27 years. And I was able to witness the power of organizing and mobilizing people. I had my little Africa symbol and I realized how important it is really to mobilize and bring people together for change. And I was able to see him to come out after that and rise to the top of this country as president, hear him speak was just really a pivotal moment for me. So that was one area. In addition to my work within um, Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority, being within the community, I was a social justice chairperson for our um, sorority. And um, we did a lot of things in terms of voter education, registering voters. One of the things that's important to me is criminal justice reform. We did a lot of work around expunging records and expungement fairs. 
but I just saw that how the way that our laws are, it really does hold people back if they have those criminal records. And so I was able to see how it really um, helped people and to be able to move forward with their life once their records were expunged. And that's something that I'm very passionate about, which I'm sure you'll hear more about a little bit later. (laughs) So let me ask you about the primary elections. As a confession, I had not in the past been voting during the primary elections. Uh And so now I'm I'm a woke, I'm I'm a newbie to this political arena. And um, just can you tell why the primary election is just as important as the general election. Yeah, the primary election is just as, if not as important as the general election, in particular in a state like Maryland. Now, Maryland is, and especially PG County, is a little bit unique because the majority of our voters are Democratic. When we have our primary election, the voters are going to choose normally a Democratic person. And so whoever that person who is chosen in the Democrat, in the primary, will be the one who will go on to win the general election. So I'm glad you asked that because there needs to be more education. Thank you for what you're doing because we need to have more voices like this because we have to get more people engaged in the process. And that's part of the issue. Um, And that's part of the problem. And that's just, just a sidebar. When we had our last election cycle, we had um, the the Democratic nominee was Ben Jealous. However, we had a lot of Democrats who didn't vote for him. They voted for our current governor. But we have to understand that, you know, if we're Democratic, we try to support our Democratic candidates. That's, you know, what we should do in an ideal situation. And so I'm glad that you asked that question and just needs to be more education in our community so people understand how you select candidates. You select candidates based on your core values, right? Like Malcolm X said years ago, we have Democrats and we Republicans, but really we should be voting based on what are the issues affecting our community. We approach elected officials and leaders in the community to say, okay, How can you best address the needs in our community? Um, And that's very important. But we have to know what those issues are and we have to hold our leaders accountable. Well, thank you for that. Because, again, I've I've been so um, negligent in voting in the primaries in the past. And so, again, the podcast is going to bring on future candidates. The primary election is next year, June of 2022. And our goal is to educate the community. So we're going to take this whole year to bring people on, to discuss their values, to discuss their agenda, so that we can be informed and educated voters. And, that, and that's great. And I also want to mention, you know, that is really a great idea because a lot of times what happens is when it's election cycle, people will see signs or they will be given literature. You don't want to select someone just because of a sign you see on the side of the road. You need to read about the person and you need to really think critically and read critically about what is their platform, what do they stand for, and how are they going to improve on my community. So we've got to go beyond just the the bare minimum as voters. We really have to be um, a lot more engaged in the process um, if we want to select the right leaders and, again, hold them accountable.
Now, you said you were in district, is that 23? 23, yes. What are some of the issues in your district or what are some of the key things that you want your District 23 constituents to know if you are selected as delegate? Well, that's one of the things um, that I'm doing right now is I'm going on a tour, basically, a listening tour, and I want to find out what's important to the people who live here in this district. Some of the things that I've heard is crime, and then I've also heard development is one of the things, feeding um, through the community and things like that. And so everybody kind of wants the same thing. People want a quiet and a peaceful community. They don't, of course, don't want crime, and they want a safe place where they can come and um, lay their head at night. As I'm in a community, I want to uh, go out and meet people. I'm doing sessions called Meet with Monica. I want to do them in as many communities as I can. I'm going to start here in Bowie and I want to just basically listen to what it is that people want and what it is that they're looking for in an elected leader because I want to be a hands-on type of person. And I want to be able to engage the community, not just during election season, but I want to have an open door policy so people can come in, they can talk to me, they can let me know what their issues are and what's going on. Because, you know, I'm here to represent them. Like I have things that are I'm very passionate about, but at the end of the day, I'm here to represent the people of District 23, if so elected. I want to kind of go back to that. So right now we're in an election year coming up, election cycle, the redistricting committee is meeting in Maryland. And so what they're doing is they're redrawing the boundaries for the legislative and for the congressional districts. So every 10 years we have the census and then the census data is given to the states. And once they get that data, then they redraw the boundary lines based on the number of people. So I do want to mention, you know, redistricting is very important. It's really important that people stay engaged in that process as well. And so that committee wants to hear from the community. Gerrymandering is really a thing. So what gerrymandering is, is when people manipulate the boundary lines to favor an elected official or a party. That's what we don't want. Whenever the lines are drawn, they should always be drawn in favor of the people. It should be in one contiguous piece of land and groups of people that are kind of like in the same neighborhoods or in the same area. So when you see area, when you see boundary lines that are disjointed or, you know, they're drawn where it's not really um, keeping neighborhoods together then that's not good. They always should be drawn to favor the interests of communities and people. We have to be a part of that discussion so that gerrymandering is not taking place. So people manipulate this, these lines to, to stay in office. And I'm not saying that that is happening, but there has been a lot of controversy around the, the boundary lines for the state of Maryland. So we have to, you know, get in this process. We have to understand what's being done and we have to make sure that the lines are drawn in our best interest. And that way we can have the elected leaders that we want in place to represent us. What important bills that you would support or try to push if you were elected? Yeah, one of the things that I 
I'm interested in doing is uh, decriminalizing marijuana and legalizing marijuana. The main reason is for economic reasons, right? Because when marijuana was illegal, a lot of African-Americans were put in jail. They um, spent a long time incarcerated. And when they came out, they couldn't get a job there, couldn't get housing and things of that nature. So it really put us behind a negative space because our communities were torn apart economically. By legalizing marijuana, we take away and decriminalize it. We take away that illegal piece where people are going to jail because people, you know, at that point are losing their jobs and their homes. So we have to close this economic gap. Right. So we have an economic gap due to the loss, the time loss in jail. And what I would love to see is now that it's being legalized, that we can increase this opportunity, this economic opportunity for people to have a dispensary, to grow it, to sell it. I really want to see that being done. Um, I want to see African-Americans being given a chance to grow and sell and, you know, make money and, and just have that opportunity. The state of Maryland is doing it for medicinal purposes now. Recreational use, you know, I don't have any real opinion about that one way or another, but I, I would love to see that because we talk about reparations and I don't know whether or not that will happen, but I believe we have a strong chance of this happening. And this is one way that we can close the economic gap. Another thing that I want to do is ensuring that every child has broadband. So one of the things that we saw, like the pandemic exposed a lot of the inequities and and inequalities within our society. And even though Maryland is like a great state and we're progressive in some ways, we still have a lot of things that we need to improve on. And so the broadband is what you need to connect to the internet and to learn and all of that. And we have a lot of people that don't have it. So I want to help to ensure that we do. Um, I know the General Assembly was working on that in the last session, and I'm not sure where they are with that, but that is something that's very important. I want to make sure also that our unions are intact. MSEA, and then we have all of the other unions within the state of Maryland. And Maryland, it's pretty strong in that way, Um, but they've been really coming down in a lot of areas. And that affects wages, that affects family, that affects um, their health care, it affects all of that. So we want to make sure that, you know, we have strong unions so that we can have um, strong bargaining rights and benefits for families and for people. Um, So those are some of the things that I want to do. Of course, education, that's the foundation for success. And like I tell my students, There is not a lot you can do if you can't read, if you have to be functional, not just functional, but critical readers in order to be successful. So many jobs are going away, you know, everything is becoming automated. And so we've got to equip our kids with the technology and the information that they need in today's society. Speaking of our students and our kids in the school system, um, I'm one to really, really question um, some of the 
the, the money allocation of our school systems, particularly because we're supposed to be like a wealthy county, but yet I look at the school buildings, I look at the condition of our school buildings, I look at the condition of um, the materials and the overcrowding of the classroom. So um, that's one area if maybe in my next life <laughs> I can work in the push for a better school system in Prince George's County because we are a wealthy county and so many resources and just so much going on here. But yet when it comes to our report card and how we're actually doing as a whole, we're, we're not faring too well. We're like second to the bottom in some of the, our scores. So what is what would you recommend or what would you uh, suggest that one of the things as far as our budget and how we're spending and allocating resources so that we can educate our kids in the STEM? Because right now, even without the STEM push or the STEM, um, you know, pushing our kids to go in technology, I mean, we're not doing a good job with the basic things and to, to prepare our kids for technology when we can't even get them in the basic just everyday reading you know, on read level, on reading level, on math level, you know, what are your thoughts on how we spend the money there? I could be on this topic for a <laughs> long time. Prince George's County has so much potential. I will say that. I mean, and we are an affluent county, but Prince George's County is like the tale of two, two counties. We have a lot of affluent individuals, but then we have, you know, the majority of our schools are low income schools. Poverty is so a complex thing, you know, because it affects pretty much everything and affects your housing, your health care, you know, everything. But I think a lot of that has to do with the reason why the schools are in the condition that they're in. But there's just a lot that we really need to look at. School construction is, you know, one of my main things. You know, we need to build more schools because we have to reduce the class size. Class size is one of the most important factors with the reason why students learn. Because if you have a lot of students in a class, you're not going to be able to learn. And also um, having a certified teacher. You have to have skilled teachers in a classroom who know how to teach and how to deliver instruction, how to manage a class and all of that, and who know the content. Um, and that's one of the things that I want to do on the on the new committee that I'm serving on. And I started in July. And it's a committee about um, professional standards for teacher education. And so as teachers, certification regulations our profession, which means there's certain things that you need to know before you get into a classroom, just like with a doctor. You wouldn't let a doctor in a surgery room if they didn't have their degree. And so the same thing is with a teacher. We have a lot of conditional teachers and we need to reduce the number of conditional teachers and make sure that we have uh, certified teachers. So I think we do need to look at the budget. How is the money being spent? Where is the money going? It should be going to schools. It should be going to, um, of course, programs. We have a large number of students who are in special ed. We need to put money there. We have a lot of um, need for special education teachers. That's a that's a real um, weak area for Prince George's County, math and special education teachers. So we need to put more money in math, special education teachers. And we need to look at you know, what's the funding that we're getting from the state and from the county? So part of our money comes from the county and part of it comes from the state. So for a long time, we haven't been getting 
fully funded. We've been getting like, you know, just under uh, being fully funded. So we haven't been receiving, you know, what we need. And it costs more to educate a special needs student and students like that because they're going to, you know, they're going to require more um, because they're going to require not only a teacher, but they're also going to require a special needs teacher. So I think this is something that I definitely want to uh, advocate for when I get to Annapolis. I want to say when, I'm going to speak it into existence. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's something that I really want to, you know, one of the things that you have to do as a delegate, you have to work with your elected leaders that are in the county and we have to work together. And that's one skill that I believe that I have is the ability to work with other people, to organize people, bring people together and stuff of that nature. We have to work together to find out what are the needs because we, we have some great teachers, we have some great students in our county, but we have to make sure that the schools are ready for our kids when they get there. Absolutely. I do recognize all the hard work of our Prince George's County public school system teachers and, you know, Dr. Golson. I think, you know, she does an amazing job and I don't want to focus on the negative, but I just feel like, like you said, we have certain parts of the county, low income students, and they're not getting all that they need. And then you have other parts of the county, they're getting everything or getting more. We just need to keep having that conversation so that all the resources are reaching our students, um, and they're getting the same product. Yeah, they need the the funding needs to be equitably distributed, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like you just mentioned, there's certain communities like where I live in Bowie, where people are very vocal and they get what they want probably because they are vocal and they express what they want. And so that's what really needs to happen. We have a lot of parents who are not engaged in the process. And so we have to do more with bringing them in and we have to do a better job of really engaging the parents and bringing them in and educating them on how you can help your child and that kind of thing. So it's about um, being involved because the schools are only as good as the community. It's a reflection of the community. The community is not involved then the schools will um, not be, you know, up to par like the way that we want them to. So I think the parents, there needs to be more, I would love to see like a parent academy where, you know, we have parents that come in and, you know, help each other, educate each other about how best to teach their child and help their child. Because some parents might not even know where to begin with helping their child. So I think that's a whole nother issue, but I think that's definitely something important that we should think about. You are always offering your resources and your time. And I just I really appreciate you. So I want to just wish you good luck. Thank and I, you. I know you're going to win. I know you're going to win. Well, thank <laughs> you. I hope so. <laughs> People will go so, for me. <laughs> yes. Monica from Maryland. Yes, yes, yes. So did you have any closing thoughts that you want to share with anyone who's listening about your platform or like you have a motto or something that you want to share with us? Yeah. So my motto is, uh, they can find me at Monica from Maryland, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And so I just want people to know I will fight for you. When I get to Annapolis, I will stand up for you. I'm all about my, my core values are education, justice, and equality. I want to make sure that everyone has an equal level playing field and access to have their best life. I was blessed to be able to have both of my parents and they 
provided me a great home and an education. And that's my prayer for every person and every child, especially. And so I'm there to fight for them to make sure that they have what they need. And I also want to mention, you know, people do things for different reasons. I do this because I love to be in the community. I love to serve. I don't do it for money. I do it because I love to serve. And, you know, I have to put that out there because I do have a job and I work and money is not an issue for me. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm rich by any means, but I'm doing this because I want to change lives and make laws. And so that's kind of <laughs> why I do it. Um, I hear your passion. And I know you are going to represent District 23 very well. So I'm just looking forward to the celebratory, you know, <laughs> next year. I want to just encourage everyone to make sure you get out and vote next year, June 28, 2022. We have to get out and vote during the primary election, just like we came out in 2020 during the general election in November of 2020. And I know that we're gonna choose the right leaders that will represent, speak up and stand up for the needs of our communities. Tune into our next podcast to hear more about the good trouble we're getting into. Send us an email or visit our website, getintogoodtrouble.com. That's G-E-T, the letter N, the number two, goodtrouble.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
tune into our next podcast to hear more about the good trouble we're getting into, send us an email or visit our website, getintogoodtrouble.com. That's G-E-T, the letter N, the number two, goodtrouble.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until the next time, if you see something that is not right, say something, do something, get into good trouble.